talking about Halloween and Samhain and a bunch of stuff about that. I know this is coming out after Halloween. However, I'm recording it before Halloween. And I thought I would share with you how I celebrated Samhain. Hopefully you're not burnt out. Halloween is my favorite, 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 favorite time of year. It's always been my favorite holiday. I was really busy. I'm actually recording this before Halloween and I had a bunch of events and my idea was to get this out before for you and to even have like an offering where you could download and buy um, a Samhain ritual from me, but I guess that'll have to wait till next year. I was not organized enough. This is coming out on the full moon of November 8th. We're at the tail end of a double eclipse as well. These are the fall eclipses. Now, if you want to go back in the catalog, I did talk a little bit about eclipses during the spring season. I have an eclipse episode that breaks down really the first couple eclipses this year. What I just wanted to remind you about eclipses is that they're incredibly powerful any work that we usually do on our full moons or or our new moons, I tend to hold off on and just allow the energy of the eclipse to be the work I do. And sometimes that work is really just like witnessing emotionally what's going on and what's coming up and what wounds are being highlighted or what aspects of my life are being highlighted. Our full moon in October was in Aries. It's pretty intense, followed by a new moon lunar eclipse. And now we are in a full moon lunar eclipse. Let me just grab you what astrological signs those are in because that's important. Okay, so I just triple checked it. I knew that the solar eclipse on the 25th was going to be happening in Scorpio, but I wanted to check where our lunar eclipse was and it's going to be in Taurus. So all those aspects are going to be highlighted of Scorpio and Taurus. There's tons of stuff out on the internet right now about this. You know, I went and looked that up for you guys to double check that, and now I forget where I was in my babble to you. Let's talk about the wheel of the year. So Samhain, which is the Celtic name for Halloween and for the the paganistic rituals around the end of October. And it depends on what calendar you look at, whether it falls before our traditional October 31st or on the 31st or behind it. This is the pagan new year. It is a celebration. It's the last of the harvest celebrations is what it is. So Samhain is how you pronounce it. It is spelt, um, it looks like Samhain, the way it's spelled, S-I-A-M-I-A-N, I think is how it's spelled, but it is pronounced Samhain. That's the actual Gaelic Celtic pronunciation. 
and it kind of aligns with some other ancestor-style holidays, including the Day of the Dead from the um, South American and Mexican traditions. There's a few other traditions all around ancestor worship, and this is because we are at a time with harvest season. Okay, let's tune into what's happening with Earth. With harvest season coming to an end, everything has finished flourishing, everything has finished growing, and we've finished harvesting, and now the Earth is slowly withering and dying. And with the energy of most of the Earth, coming to a quieting, getting ready for the dark season. And I live in North America. I practice a lot of traditional witchcraft, which ties in with the wheel of the year. And it's based on kind of that Celtic style wheel of the year. So it's going to align with more North American and European seasons. If you're practicing in Australia, everything is flipped, right? When we're celebrating the harvest season, you are celebrating the flourishing spring and the awakening season. I'm just going to stick with what I know. So as the world starts to decay, we have for real winter. So everything starts dropping its leaves. Our flowers die. Everything goes into the earth and everything starts slowing down. Where I'm from in Canada, it even gets fairly dark. Like it's dark in the morning now when I leave for work. So with the energy of death and decay and releasing, it makes perfect sense that the traditions and the celebrations around this time of year would be for those that have died. And the veil between the worlds gets quite thin. It gets quite easy at this time for ancestors and dearly departed to reach through the veil and connect with us. It's a great time for ancestor worship. I'm always having um, odes to my ancestors on my altar. It just gets a little bigger for me at this time of year. I do a little bit more acknowledgement of the energy and the love of those who have come before me in my family line in order to get me where I am today. I just accentuate that on my altar all through October and actually even all the way into solstice season. I'll tell you how I celebrated. Most years, what I look at when we are in the, the Samhain kind of arc or mood, and I barely ever really celebrate and ritually practice a ritual on Halloween. My family is so Halloween crazy. One of my beautiful children is born on Halloween. So we are doing it up. We decorate. We are just like right in traditional Canadian Halloween. There's candy corn everywhere. There's ghoulishness. And we really focusing on enjoying each other and laughing and scaring each other. And we go to some haunted houses. So my Samhain rituals really happen either a couple weeks before around a full moon or like later. I'm often doing ritual in like the November 2nd, 3rd, 4th area of time. I try to correspond it with the moon now. I'm not doing a lot this year because of those eclipses. I'm mostly just going to be doing gratitude and thanks and acknowledgement. These are pretty big eclipses for me and I've had a lot going on uh, with my personal healing through the entire summer in August. And so I'm just going to just really do a lot of acknowledgement. Previous years, what I have done 
is as the earth is releasing its leaves and as the trees are releasing and going dormant, I usually look at what it is to let go of. And I often do a letting go ritual around Samhain. I have, and maybe that's why I wasn't organized enough to get a ritual out for you guys to be available for you guys to sign up for. Probably because with these two huge eclipses happening, we shouldn't be doing any other work. We should just be flowing with what is happening and flowing with the energies of this season. And I think a lot of us have been doing our healing work because as the world has turned back on and everyone is interacting again, a lot of the things we were dealing with in isolation during our downtime in the plague, all of that work is getting almost like a little bow tied up in it and sent off. I find this time of year is really good for reflecting. And that just has to be for me around those harvests, right? We've done celebrating the equinoxes and all these harvests where we come together and celebrate with those close to us and share meals. And Thanksgiving is a harvest festival. And now we're heading into preparing for the dark season. This is actually one of my favorite seasons. I've told you that I love Halloween, but even just going through the fall and the way that everything gets back into rhythm. My summers tend to be a little wild and a little ungrounded and chaotic. And I really like fall and coming back to routine and coming back to connection and reconnecting with people in the fall. So what else was I going to talk to you about? We talked about the veil thinning. Let's talk about the idea of working with our ancestors. Now, you don't have to be a super great medium to work with your ancestors. When I'm teaching people ancestor work and when I've been teaching different rituals and ways to connect with our ancestors, I've had students ask me questions and say things like, well, you know, I'm not a good medium and I don't have a great connection and I don't really talk to spirits and they... So they think that they are not able to connect with their ancestors. And I do do mediumship work, so I do connect to dearly departed and ancestors. And what I find really interesting is that a lot of times ancestors you have never met that you do not know will show up for you because they know you. They recognize their family line and their lineage. And for whatever reason, in their karmatic arc, they have made the conscious decision to be available for their ancestors, for the children of the children of the children they've never met. The lesson there is that even if you do not know your ancestors, they are willing to work with you. They are willing to support you. We're also working with our well and how do we say this? When we reach out to our ancestors, we're reaching out to our ancestors who are in connection with source, right? They've passed on. They've looked at their karma. They're going through their Akashic records. These are our well and whole ancestors. Many of us come from families with their own stories and their own hardships and their own 
little baggage, right? And when we're dealing with ancestral work, we're often healing ancestral trauma and lineage and inherited wounds. And our ancestors are so willing to help us with this. They recognize the chains that need to be broken and they often recognize their part in keeping these chains going. So if you come from a background that is less than harmonious, that does not mean that you don't have ancestors willing to work with you. You will have ancestors that are older than anyone you've ever met in your line. You will have ancestors that will come forward and help you chain break. And you are also dealing with the aspect of your ancestor that is connected with source, that divine love. So they are not, so they are operating from a different place than anyone here on earth. I think it's important to remember these things. And one of the best lessons I ever received from um, an elder pagan that I know, we were in conversation just, you know, as you do at a beautiful pagan wedding, you talk with other pagans and you chat about wonderful things. And this lovely man told me to reach out to my ancestors more. And the wisdom he shared with me was although our patron gods and goddesses and although our spirit guides are all there and ready to help us, no one is as invested in your well-being as your ancestors. Think about it. Think about how your great-great-grandmother and great-great-grandfather had to strive and work in order to feed their families and in order to act out a living Many of our ancestors have fought in world wars. Many of our ancestors have farmed. Many of our ancestors have gone without. They have scraped by. They have been rubbing two pennies together in order to feed their family. And you're their flesh and blood. No one is more invested in your happiness and in your success in life than your ancestors. I mean, your gods and your goddesses and your patron saints and your angels and your spirit gods, like they love you and they're here for you and they're very powerful and they will work for you. Don't, don't overlook what your ancestors are willing to support you through. Ways you can work with these energies are to acknowledge them on your altar. This is tricky sometimes if you don't know your ancestors. Some people are not connected to their family of origin. And you know what's really cool is I've done work and people who are not raised by their family of origin, like their biological family or who have gone through foster systems or who have a family of their choice versus the biological family they were raised to, it's interesting because they will often have more than one set of ancestors come through. The well and whole ancestors of their biological lineage will show up for them, as will the ancestors of their heart. So if you're one of those people who feels disconnected from your lineage, I welcome you to dive a little deeper. Your ancestors are so invested in you even if you don't know them. And ways that you could acknowledge them on your altar could even just be um, like statues 
or or representations of family. So that could be like people, a little figurines of people gathered around a hearth, or a mother and child figurine, or a withered grandmother style figurine. If you know your ancestors, photographs of them, or even just old kind of antique things. I was going through uh, stuff I had in storage, and I was really excited. I found um, some spoons, old baby spoons. They're silver baby spoons. And I actually don't know if they are my mother's or my father's or my or where they came from, but they're these beautiful antique little spoons. And I added them to the area of my altar that is for my ancestors. I have put uh, photographs of ancestors on my altar. I have, um, I have a, I have sewing needles on my altar because my grandmother was known. Uh, she taught me all kinds of different needlework and yarn work. And so I have a representation of that line. I have flowers when they are in season. The flowers that I know my grandparents liked, I put on my altar in homage to them. It doesn't have to be big, huge things, small parts of your altar, small things you can do, really sustainable things you can do to acknowledge your ancestors. The connection is there so quickly that it doesn't take much to honor them. So think about like for your family, for your ancestors, where are they from? Is there a traditional flower from from where they're from? Is there a traditional coin? Like if you're from, if your ancestors are from another country with a different currency, like even just having a coin on your altar to represent that lineage and how your ancestors provided for your mother and your father and your mother's mother and your father's father going on. Little things you can do for ancestor worship. Okay, let's flip back over to the idea of the veil being thinnest this time of year. So with the veil thinning, and it's, I don't know when it thickens up again. You know, it's a strange thing. Like I can feel it. I'm recording this uh, mid-October and I can already feel the veil thinning. And as we get closer and closer to All Hallows Eve, I will definitely definitely feel that. And that's where a lot of the traditions about ghosts and ghouls and trick-or-treating come from, is this idea that it was an easier time for ghoulish things to cross over and mess with our lives. I was taught that that is where some of the idea of dressing up comes from, as uh, to trick the tricksters that are about. I don't know how true that is. I think that was like a research paper when I was in junior high or something that I found some random fact about it. So don't quote me on that. That might not be super true. Anyway, with the veil thinning, this is a great time for those of you in the earbud coven to practice your divination. It gets easier at this time to reach through. Now, my recommendation is always to reach to your spirit guides and your patron gods and goddesses. And If you want to try like a new method of divination, this is also a really fun time to do that. It stretches your psychic muscles. It stretches your mediumship muscles and your 
your intuitive muscles when you stretch beyond a divination tool that you are used to and go to something new. So you could totally take advantage of that at this time of year. And I think maybe what I'm going to do is pay attention. I'm thinking about this. I said I don't know when the veil thickens up and maybe I should pay attention to that. I feel like when we're practicing our divination at this time of year, we can reach beyond and really pop out of a plateau if we've reached one in our development. Because remember, your mediumship skills and your intuitive skills, they're a part of your energy body and your energy body is a body, just like your emotion body and just like your physical body. They stretch, they Stretch isn't the right word. You can work them out and build those bodies up the same way you build your biceps and triceps. Each time you stretch yourself and reach to do something a little bit different and a little bit more outside your wheelhouse, you are building skill. And the Sawin season is perfect for that. Actually, the whole winter season is perfect for that. The veil stays thin just as it takes time for the veil to thin. It takes time for the veil to re-thicken. A lot of like contemporary people don't realize that. People who aren't tuned into the energies of the earth don't realize that. They feel like it's a more sudden thing through the week before Halloween and then Halloween passes and the veil is thick again. It's not really like that. They're just not used to focusing on it. And with our collective conscious, focusing on ghouls and goblins and witches and divination and all that during Halloween time, they become, the average person becomes more aware of that thin veil. But it stays quite thin for a while. That's why I don't feel bad that this episode all about the, the autumn season is coming out a little bit late because you guys can still work on this stuff. Like everyone in the Erebod Coven who's developing and working on their skills, this is still a great time for you to stretch your energy body and work on those divination skills. Use something you haven't used before. I'm teaching a class actually on the second, so right before this comes out, and I've decided I'm going to do scrying. I often, you know, I teach tarot quite a bit, but I want to teach scrying with this one. So I'm going to be using ink and bowls of water the same way Nostradamus did and get people to really stretch and scry because it's going to be easy for spirit guides to come through in a new way for my students in this class because of the thinness of the veil. I like to try to theme anything I do with what's happening in the wheel of the year. Like you don't have to, but I'm a bit of a lazy witch. And I find if all the energies are already set up for me, why wouldn't I use them? Right? So yeah, I guess, I guess I'll leave you on that, loves. Take advantage of this time of year. Get in touch with your ancestors. Do a few things differently. And As always, I would love for you to tell me how it goes for you. I just really hope you have a beautiful autumn and that your November unfolds with grace and that all of the work you're doing around these eclipses is as digestible as you can possibly have it because there's heavy energy out there, you know. 
there's a lot about looking at old wounds again and things coming up and the way we relate to pleasure is coming up because of Taurus again. So I hope you're all well in the earbud coven. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for all your feedback. Thank you to everyone who came out to all the things I did, the psychic fairs, the teaching events, the the messages from spirits. Thank you so much. I'm always so honored when you guys share your time with me. Okay, well, for anything, show notes, anything else that's going on, you know it's all on the website, www.jodianpsychicmedium.com. And I will talk to you soon on another witching half hour or so. are they're always fun but